Listener Production. What did you learn about First Nations history in school? I think one of the reasons why the schooling systems and things have not taught much about First Nations culture and history in the past, I think is because they haven't known what to teach and how to teach it. This book can help people know that it's everybody's history and everybody's culture to share and to celebrate. Today on Feed, Play, Love, musician Isaiah Firebrace on why our kids need better education about our First Nations. Feed, Play, Love with Siobhan Hunt. Isaiah Firebrace exploded onto our TV screens at 16 years of age when he won The Voice. He's gone on to represent Australia at Eurovision and he's currently a successful recording artist. But now he's added another feather to his cap. He's an author. The proud Yorta Yorta and Gundijmara man has written a book for kids. It's called Come Together, Things Every Aussie Kid Should Know About the First Peoples. Isaiah, welcome to Feed, Play, Love. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. Okay, so let's start. You're a musician, you've been to Eurovision, Mm -hmm. all this exciting music stuff, and then you decided to write a kid's book. Yep. Why? Uh, It's a bit of a long story, but basically I've always had a passion for youth and for kids and, and education. Back in high school, I used to study actually being a teacher's aide, so I've you know, always had this passion for education. So that's one thing. And I've always known that I've always wanted to write a children's book. And I didn't know what I was actually going to write about until I made a successful change.org petition uh, campaigning for more representation of First Nations culture and history in the school systems. And then that definitely sparked the whole idea of what I should write my children's book about. Because it wasn't just just any change.org petition. Yeah, yeah. It's one of the biggest, isn't there? That Yes, it was so crazy. Like I started this change.org petition over a year ago and like I didn't even expect any anything from it at all. <laughs> like honestly, I was at home and I was like literally laying in bed and I was thinking about, you know, my my schooling experience and having a lot of deep thoughts and then I was like I'm going to start a change.org petition. Like, I don't know what that's going to look like or what that's going to do, but let me just do it just to, you know, satisfy myself or something, you know. And it just completely grew, obviously, in, in, in an incredible way. And it was so interesting for me to find out that so many other people out there had had that same experience that, that I had in school where there wasn't much representation and things. And then, you know, that sparked a whole... You know, 300,000 signatures. Yeah, yeah, and it sparked this whole this whole thing and it definitely inspired the book and Where did the petition go? Has it finished or is it still It's still it's still going. It's still available out there for people to sign as well. I did have the opportunity to go to parliament um, and present it to Tanya Plibersek which it was then accepted and then the Labor government made like a promise if they were elected and they are elected now to do a $14 million um, grant towards teaching First Nations language and culture in 60 different schools and to train up um, First Nations teachers and things like that. So, So that was like so awesome to have that come from the petition and 
yeah, like incredible. And, you know, I, I also want to see a bit more as well come, come, come from that. But, you know, so far there's that. Now there's the that book. does sound amazing. But when you say 60 schools, I think there's a lot of other schools that yeah, can do. Yeah, of course, for sure. Yeah. I yeah. mean, I mean, isn't that awful? That is a good, it's a huge win, but you also, it's also kind of strange when we think about the education we got. Mm. I'm curious to know what it was you were taught at school. Yeah. You know, like there was your NAIDOC week things and just those standard things. And, but the biggest thing that I really, really wanted to see and really made me think a lot about is in high school, like in the history subjects, like we're taught about, you know, JFK and America's history and Germany's history and like all these other countries and about, you know, all of these very important things to know about in the history of the world. But I'm like, why not Australia? Like, why not teach like the history of Australia and the history of this land and the 60,000 history, you know, not the 250 Mm. year old history. And there's so much pride. If you ever travel to America, there's so much pride in their history. Exactly. And And New Zealand as well. Like, yeah. When I was making the change.org, sorry to interrupt you. No, that's what <laughs> you're here for. Interrupt away. N- New Zealand is a place that I did a whole ton of research about how they incorporate the, the Maori culture into just their everyday life. When I was doing the change.org petition, I did a whole lot of research, you know, looking to them, uh, New Zealand as a country for inspiration. Like that's where Australia could be, you know, um, in that same kind of vibe, you know, of, of how they celebrate culture. Um, and that's how yeah, I so, find that that's what's in your book as well is it's very clearly a celebration. Like, is yeah. that something you wanted to bring into that? Because it, of yeah. course we, we know that there is a lot of awful history yes, yes. that we do need to accept, but yeah. sometimes it feels like we might've acknowledged that, but not necessarily taught about the culture. Yes. And what exists and what's vibrant and all those sorts of things as well. And I think that's why, you know, schools and things maybe just, you know, the education system and government and stuff have shied away from this because, you know, there is, there is a, a, um, a sad history in that. And how do we teach it? How do we, you know, what do we teach? You know, just, just the fear of it, I think. But yeah, I mean, that's why I, I wrote this book as well. So people can all come together and celebrate and celebrate it all and know that it's it's all of our story because we are all Aussies and we are all here in Australia and um, there's so much more to embrace and to be proud of you know regard, regardless of the history which is which is sad but all we can do I think is is move forward together and and you know we can't change what's happened but we can come together and celebrate it and know that we're all a part of it yeah you mentioned that in school, your education was very patchy. Mm. There's a lot of stuff in this book. It's, it is written for kids, so it's yep. not like it's complicated, but there's obviously a lot of research that's gone into what you've presented here. How did you learn what you know now about your culture and history? Yeah. Um, I mean, like, you know, I grew up, you know, knowing that I was First Nations, that I was a black boy and knowing, you know, my country and things like that. And, but certain aspects of, of my culture I didn't quite know, and that's because I guess my my dad didn't know either, and that's also why I put in into the book the topic on the stolen generations because that is the reason why I had to write a book like this because it wasn't passed down, you know. So 
I didn't learn as much because my dad maybe didn't learn much and the generation before him as well. So that passing down of knowledge and culture, you know, was taken away from many, from many First Nations uh, people all across Australia. So how did you, knowing that and knowing that you didn't have necessarily easy places to go to learn, mm. what did you do? How did you find that knowledge? Well, honestly, it's, it's only been recent years. Like I'm, I just turned 23 and as I've gone into my early adulthood, I think everyone goes on this kind of journey of self-discovery, whatever that means for any individual. And for me, that was finding out who I really am. So yeah, like in the past few years, I've really learned so much about, about who I really am. But also the most important thing is learning what it means to be who I am, not just knowing that, you know, I'm First Nations and yet my tribes, Yorta Yorta and Gunajamara, all this stuff. But understanding what it actually means and how that feels is something that I've learned now. And I think everybody's on their learning journey, I think, about who they are, no matter what your background or history is or what your culture is. What was that experience like for you? It was really cool. I remember, and also very like confronting in a way, like I remember just having this moment where I really realized that it sounds crazy, but I had this moment where I really realized and felt it. I was like, I'm a First Nations man. Like I'm an Aboriginal man. It was confronting because it was like, it just brought a lot of realities and things and yeah, Is there it, anything it, particularly resonant? I only ask that because part of, and we will talk a bit about what's in the book. I won't give it all away. Yes. <laughs> you have to read it. Um, but you talk about song lines and you yes. talk about the importance of music mm. in um, cultural life. I mean, was that particularly resonant of you to find out that all the stuff about song lines and the incredible connection with that yeah. when, you, when music's such a big part of your life? Yeah, like when I was doing the research of this book, Song lines is actually one of my favorite topics in, in the book and to know and to learn, cause I didn't really, I heard about song lines, but I never really had a full understanding of what it was like. And it was very difficult to, to, to write that in the book and have it so easily, uh, understandable. Um, it's, it's sounds very complex. Yeah. But, um, yeah, to know that, like, I do have that gift of music. Then to find out that it's actually like in my blood, you know, to, to kind of have that deeper connection is really special. And I learned so much from writing this book. It's been a real healing journey for me personally. And, you know, if it's done that much for me as, as a First Nations man, the people that pick this book up that also might feel disconnected or I know they're going to get a lot out of it because now I'm walking away feeling so proud, you know, and I've had conversations with people since I've released the book who are First Nations and have also said, even I didn't know, know that, you know, so. Well, you're, well, you're from Melbourne, so yeah. I have to talk about the AFL. Yes. And that came from an Indigenous game. Yeah. Like how many people know that? I know, right? That's, <laughs> that's another thing in the book that I really enjoyed writing about because, you know, I grew up watching the football and, <laughs> and if you look in the book, this is probably the only reason why people won't buy the book is because the guy <laughs> is wearing a Collingwood pansy. <laughs> so that's the only reason why people might not buy the book. But yeah, you know, I go for Collingwood and telling that story of, you know, something that I really love. Um, it was super important. And, you know, I, and, I knew, and I know that a lot of people don't know that 
yeah. that, that it's come from an indigenous game because it's so ingrained into Aussie culture now, like AFL, you know, Aussie rules. But I, I'd love putting that in the book because I, I know people would have been like, wow. So Yeah, and yeah. there are other things as well in the book that we probably come across every day but don't really understand the yes. distinction. Yep. One of those is probably the welcome to country and the acknowledgement of country. Mm. Can you talk us through the difference between the two? Because yes. I think people probably often get that mixed up. Yes. And in saying that, like the book is for children, but adults can like learn so much from this book. And that specific topic is the most common one that I've had interviewers and adults that I've met over the last two weeks promoting this book. They've said, wow, like I did not know that. Like I needed that. <laughs> I needed that clarity. <laughs> Um, yeah, the, the difference is a welcome to country can only be performed by an elder of that uh, country or, tr or tribe where the, the land is. But an acknowledgement of country can be anyone that can, that can do that to acknowledge where we are. But a welcome, it's kind of like if you're in a home, you know, someone who doesn't own that home can't be like, welcome to my home, right? <laughs> But a visitor can be like, welcome to this place. We're it's all so happy to be here. It's so obvious when you say it. Like, yeah. <laughs> but it is something I think yeah. people get confused about. Yeah. Um, in the book, you also mention that you performed at the ceremony when Mungo Man was returned mm. to country. Yeah. It's such an important moment. Can you talk to us about that particular day and why it was so significant? Yeah. Well, Mungo Man and Mungo Lady are the oldest uh, human remains in Australia, like, and in the world, like one of the oldest in the world as well, 42,000 uh, year old remains. And I actually performed at the event uh, alongside Uncle Archie Roach as well, which was so beautiful because, you know, like he's been a, a role model and, uh, you know, a leader in, in communities. And, you know, he comes from Yorta Yorta and Gunditjmara, like myself as well. Um, yeah, it was, it was great to have that thing because, you know, bless his soul, he's passed now. So I have that memory with him doing something so significant um, for my people. And crazy that, you know, Mon the Mungo man, you know, got taken away. And then having that come back is, is a, a very spiritually significant um, thing. Yeah. And just like really cool though. Like, wow, like, you know, people have lived here for that long like it's mm. really cool yeah. yeah the other thing you talk about as well talk about a lot of things but mm. language and how language has been systematically destroyed mm. in australia yep. um even before the stolen generations mm. it was they were trying to eradicate it mm. and one of my favorite things to listen to is when musicians popular musicians yes. sing in language yeah and i'm wondering if if You've done that and what's that been like? Because obviously any language is hard to learn. Yes. Yep. But when you have a language that has been picked apart that way and mm. nobody's teaching it, it can be really, I imagine, hard yeah, to keep it alive. for sure. Yeah, and that's that's one of the sad things, you know, that that's happened is like that language being passed down. And it's always crazy to me to think like English should be my second <laughs> <laughs> language it's like yeah. crazy to me like i always think when i'm with my cousins and stuff i always think wouldn't it be so cool if we could just like have a little private conversation <laughs> <laughs> and i don't like no one like, know what we were yeah saying. <laughs> um yeah like you said like it's so cool um when musicians you know keep that alive and, and sing in language and i and i do as well 
I sing a song from my Yorta Yorta people, which was actually featured in the, the Sapphires movie well, with Jess Malboy, which is set on Cumbergunja, which is like where a lot of my families are from. Uh, and it's Narabura Ferra is the name of it. And it's a, and it's a hymn. And I sing it a, a lot at events and, and things that I do. And I've, I've sung the national anthem as well, uh, in part language as well. And I performed that in front of the prime minister and at big sporting events. And I've also performed with Stan Walker. We've performed a, a Maldi and uh Yorta Yorta version of Don't Dream It's Over by Crowded House, which is like wow. really cool. And that's been, everyone's everyone has loved that because it's just such a cool, not only a obviously classic song that everyone loves, but just putting our own spins on it and um, including that language. And we, we performed that together at um, the NRL Indigenous Match, which is awesome. And I'm a huge fan of Stan Walker and his voice. And it was just, yeah, awesome. So keeping those things alive in, in music is, is important. And, you know, I'm not fluent in it and, and I have to go and learn off, off somebody, you know, how to pronounce it and how to say it, but it, it feels, it feels good. It's definitely a proud moment when I can get up there and just perform in language. And it's good to know that just, I'm just doing what I can just to just keep it alive in my own way. Well, language is often the Oh God, this sounds so cliche, but it's often the doorway through to understanding. Mm. So when you understand words, then other things have more meaning. Have you found that learning your own language and, and being able to express yourself that way? Yeah. I mean, the Yorta Yorta language is one of those that obviously hasn't been passed down. And But thank God there, you know, there are resources online and things where you can actually look up and, and learn as well. And and in the book as well, like I've, I've, um, included my favorite animal kangaroo in, in Yorta Yorta and it, yeah, it does add for me like a bit more connection to, to who I am. And it does make me understand a, a bit more, especially just like about myself. It just makes on a spiritual kind of level, like just feel that connection a little bit more. Speaking about connection to your culture and and you've got language but you also talk about totems in Mm, the book yeah can you talk to me about your totems the animals and what if any affinity you have with those animals yeah so yeah in the book there's a topic called totems where i explain about the significance of animals specific to those areas um and and what they mean and and the type of respect uh you have for those animals, um, because it's believed that they they are our ancestors who have who have come back in the form of animals. So my Yorta Yorta totem is the long necked turtle, and uh, my Gunditjmara totem is the yellow tailed black cockatoo. They just hold special meaning to us because, yeah, it's believed that they're ancest- ancestral spirits that have come back, and we can't hunt them or or harm them, and they're very like respected. And it comes back to that caring for country as well and just having that respect for nature and having that holistic thing about just caring about about nature about animals and and not harming harming those you know hunting and things like that of of other animals and things is is fine but we don't take more than what we need and we know that it's a relationship with the world around us yeah i mean i've only just touched on you wouldn't believe it listening but that's just 
not even half of the book yeah. that we've talked about. It's a long book. <laughs> it's just, it's a little bit long. It's yeah. not long. It's just it's there's a lot in it yeah. for that is you could dip into it, you could read the whole thing in one. I read the whole thing in one, or you can take your kids through it. Mm-hmm. I know you've been going into schools and, and talking to kids about this book. Yeah. What's that experience been like for you? It's been so cool. I'm very comfortable around being in the classroom and things because I have done uh, a lot in my teenage years of being in classrooms and reading to children. And it's so cool now that I get to read my own book, which is still very surreal to me. <laughs> um, kids are so cool, you know, and they're, they're so cute. And they, you know, they, <laughs> you can, if it's done right, you can really have an impact o- on them. And uh, being in the classroom has been, it's like why I, I, wrote the book, you know, and just having that moment where I'm reading to them and they're all like, just so intrigued is like, it's really special. I've had such great feedback from everybody and, and teachers and everyone saying that this is so needed right now. So it feels, feels good to have that feedback. And then, yeah, when I'm in the classroom reading the book, it's, it's like that kind of full circle moment. So given that, you know, you're a successful recording artist, you've performed at Eurovision, you've written a children's book, you're an incredible advocate for First Nations education in primary schools. I can see how this is all a lot and mm. all coming together. So what do you think is the next step for you? Are you will you continue advocating, obviously, mm. but you know, what are your focus what is your focus now? Yeah. Well, I've been, I've been working on the book for like the last year and obviously like with COVID and, and stuff like that, it was a great project to work on and to step into, you know, passion projects of mine as well. You know, music and performing ha- is always my number one. And, you know, I've been singing since I was three years old and so much has happened for me at such a young age, which I'm so grateful for. So yeah, like I've had a kind of switch in my music direction and um, I'm working a lot with people uh, internationally at the moment which is like really exciting and daunting at the same time I try to do like everything at <laughs> the <got> same time, <laughs> time. Um, <laughs> you've got time though <laughs> I'm just honestly I'm just like doing my best and I'm just still trying just to just get out there as much as I can and and do things that I'm passionate about it makes it easier when you're enjoying what you're doing and yeah makes it easier when you're passionate about it but yeah, I got new music on the way and, you know, there's lots of um, things uh, overseas that I'm, tr- me and my team are trying to um, make a thing and make it real, make it happen. Um, well, I've yeah, got to say, so, speaking, this is a parenting podcast. Your parents must be so proud of you. They are. They are. They're like, where did, how did this, what is this? Kid? My mom is just, it's been like, what, like six years now since like I, I won the the TV show and my whole life and world just <laughs> completely just flipped on its head like crazy. My mum is still like, she still doesn't even like, she still can't believe it. Like yeah. I was just on TV uh, the other day on a, on a breakfast show and she's just like, I can't, I still can't believe it. When I'm watching you, I just still, I can't believe that that's my little boy. Like she's so proud. My dad, he's, he's so proud of me um, and he's been, such a big support. Um, he's always encouraged me to always strive like for excellence. And he's always been someone that has always told me, you know, don't let the color of your skin or your, your background or, you know, we struggled a lot growing up a lot. We struggled a lot. 
and he always said, don't, don't let any of that define you, you know, work hard, get a good education. You know, he always wanted us to always, you know, just present ourselves always in the best way and always strive for excellence and, and do the best that we can. He always made us believe that we deserve to have the good things in life as well. He's the one that got me into music. He's a musician himself and my mom sings as well. Just full of music in my childhood. Like we had like a family band. Um, I grew up singing in the church and I would, I've been singing since I, was, since I was three. Yeah, music. And that's always been a big part of my life. And my dad has always been there every step of the way and always just been a, a man of just great guidance. You know, he's a big man of faith as well. So he's instilled a lot of faith and the importance of that belief in yourself and, and, and having that belief in, in, the, in the hard times, which is the most important thing I think to learn. Just a few parenting goals for those of us out there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Isaiah, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. That was Isaiah Firebrace and his book is called Come Together, Things Every Aussie Kid Should Know About the First Peoples. We'll pop a link to it in the notes of this episode. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Feed, Play, Love, a listener original podcast. If there's something you'd like to learn more about, email me at feedplaylove at sca.com.au. I'd love to hear from you. For more great kids and parenting podcasts, check out the listener app. And don't forget to follow us. I'm Siobhan Hunt. See you next time.